Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit giving hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or just overrun by a complicated life. In this series called Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, you'll learn how the mind works, what motivates our choices, and find biblically-based keys to help your decision-making processes. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. We'd like to welcome you again to Freedom to Choose and our series, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? And this is program number 12, if, uh, if you want to reference it. And, and Susan's pretty eager to say something. What well, do you got to say, Susan? I just wanted to let them know that um, we that this program will be archived as well as our other programs and our other series that we have recorded at our website, and that's at www.justasiamministries.com. And um, you can go there and listen to previously recorded um, programs that we have. Uh, there's a place to request resources if you'd like um, any of our resources. They're listed there. And you can also get in contact us through that website. You can send us an email, and uh, we can respond back to you or give you a call. Um, I've received several messages this past um, week, and it's just been a blessing to be able to connect with people who have been listening to the program because they inspire us to continue to do what we're doing. And um, it's, you know, we, we, we're in this all together and we strengthen one another. And so um, thank, we just want to say thank you to everybody who supports us through prayer and financial support and um we're just really grateful to be a part of this thing we call life. And, um, you know, I just wanted to say thank you to well, our that's, listeners. That's really good. Yeah, and, and there are other series that are also on the on the website, so we're getting getting everything up there. Um, and it uh, we just uh, we're just really happy that we do have a, uh, an audience that contacts us and and it's important to us to know that somebody's listening. And to, well and to be just <laughs> just to be connected, you know, it's it's we don't we don't operate in life on an island unto ourselves. It's a whole thing of how God designed life to be is to be interconnected. That's so That's right. Community. And you know, these days it seems like it's disconnect and disassociate. It seems and like get into a screen or get into listening to something alone and and we've lost that connection. So You know, I've uh, someone once told me a, a while back about you know the the social media and the the way things are now with our with everything on the phone that we're starting to get siloed. We start to we start to gravitate and filter those people out that we don't like their political views and their religious views or whatever, and so our circle gets smaller and smaller, and we get more and more divided. And it seems like we're in silos now, and and this silo doesn't get along with this silo, and this silo here doesn't get along with that silo, and it's and uh, 
You know, I just it's not the way that God designed no. his life. And I read, you know, Paul said, "Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind." And there was, we're going to have differences of opinions. Yes, this world is a dangerous planet, and there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Not every I don't know that when we're raptured at the end of time, and everyone's going up to heaven, there's not going to be one person in that uh, crowd crowd <laughs> that's got it all right. Exactly. What are you going to do? Go up there and say, "Oh, sorry, God, you're wrong on this." Right? No. Or if I'm, he, or if he tries to correct us, or yeah. he said, "No, no, wait a minute, you must be wrong because I know I had it right." Yeah, and this, this is this is mind-boggling to me because um, we almost act like we're infallible. You know, my opinion it says right here, and my opinion's right, and you can't right. interpret it any other way. And it, and what I I don't understand that. And I think that 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 um, ability to be willing to number one recognize you could be like wrong about ninety nine percent of all that you know, and the ability to allow people to believe that they want to believe. I think that that is truly a godly principle because we know that God does not force because if he did, we would be, you know, we would all be forced into his ideal and we're not. We're given the freedom to go to our own dictates of our own mind. So we know that that's not an attribute of God. And um, so that's, I think, something that as human beings, we should be hopefully learning to take on that you know, attribute of not judging and not forcing people to believe the way that we believe. You know, I once I heard it put this way one time. I'm going to see if I get it right cuz I'm I'm going back into the going back into some cavern I haven't been in in a while. But, you know, if you we were to ask someone of everything of all the knowledge in the universe, of everything in the universe. That is all to be known. That is to physical, spiritual, of everything that is to be, is to be known, how much of it do you know? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And a person would even, I, for me, I mean, you know, I don't know, maybe point zero. I probably know <laughs> maybe point zero 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 one. you know, with a thousand zeros, point one percent, right? Right. Okay. Even if someone um, was to say they knew... <laughs> 50% of everything there is to know in the universe, okay? Of that other 50%, they just admitted they know absolutely nothing about, could another opinion of the same talk, topic be in that other 50%? Right. Could the other view of that other... Could, is it possible that there's another view, another angle that they're not seeing. It could be in that 50% that they just admitted they know absolutely nothing about. Right. Could there be a different picture of God in that other 50% because we just admitted that we know absolutely nothing about it? You know, and I think um, I once heard a, um, a speaker tell a story about, um, about uh, a, a kind of a, a parable, if you will, a, a living parable, if you will, that he said that, you know, I could take you, uh, he lived in, in Las Vegas, and he said, I could take you out to, to, to Lake Mead, and I could show you the water, and we could dip our hands in the water, and we could, we could see that the water's there. And then I could get, put you in my car and drive you 20 miles out into the desert, give you a compass and a map. And if you did not follow that compass, use that compass and follow that map, you could wander out in that desert and die of thirst absolutely knowing for sure that the lake exists. Mm -hmm. You see? And there's a lot of people that have faith that God exists. And they know that he exists. They know for sure he exists, but they cannot access that power that he has to change the heart. They're, they're, 
Minds are closed. They have a legal God that has that they're they're looking for legal remedy for a legal problem, and it's not. It's a health issue. It's you know, right. And the, and the only way that we can we can actually dissect this. The only way that we can we can tear this apart, if you will, is to discuss the nature of sin. Is it breaking the rules, or is it a problem that exists from fear and selfishness? Mm-hmm. You know, is it is it prompted because I'm selfish? I do acts, or am I running around breaking the rules, and that's what makes God mad? Mm-hmm. And see, does he want to help? Does he want to? Perfect love does what? It casts out fear. So fear is the problem. Right. We need perfect love to cast out the fear. And so we understand the nature of the fear, the, the nature of our problem is fear, mm-hmm. and that our, our sinning is the acting out a byproduct. It's a byproduct of that fear. That is in each it's one of in us. It's in each one of us. Absolutely. And it manifests itself in so many different ways. So we're going to tear apart, we're going to dissect the nature of sin, because many people fail to understand the nature of sin and its effects. Many people think that God's the only, God is the one who destroys, and they have chronic, chronic feelings of insecurity and fear, but can consider this. So if you've never brushed your teeth, would it surprise you if you develop cavities? Would God send an angel from down from heaven to give you cavities? What if you prayed every day for healthy teeth, but you didn't brush them? What would you expect to happen? You would get cavities, right? You'd get cavities. Uh, suppose you jumped off the Empire State Building. Would it surprise you if you went splat when you hit the pavement? No. Would God send an angel to break your legs when you crashed into it? No. What if you prayed on the way down for good health and a long life? What would you expect to happen? See, gravity doesn't care. Gravity doesn't care whether you're a believer or a not believer. Gravity doesn't care whether you're of this religion or that religion. Gravity is a law that exists. The law of love doesn't care. Right, and and I think that's the thing. It's the same thing. Imagine if you cheat on your spouse. Would you not expect to experience in your own life lower self-esteem, guilt, anxiety, and shame? Or is it God that sends an angel down from heaven to devastate your self-esteem and ruin your marriage? Yeah. Where is the damage coming it's, from? Yeah, it's coming it's from— It's not coming from God. The damage comes from our own actions. And yeah. we've said this before, that the wages of sin— is death. That's what you earn when you sin. It, it destroys. Yeah. God is not destroying you. It's the sin that we choose that destroys yeah. us. Yeah, and, and, and it, I know there's a lot of things I can do to ruin my marriage. God right now is intervening in all that <laughs> selfishness, you know? The, uh, the, the things that, that, that we do as people as being fearful and, and selfish. And self-centered and self-focused, absolutely. It hurts other people. Yes. And you hurt someone enough, they're going to throw their hands up and say, you know what, this is not working. Right. So, you know, if we, we, we're having relational problems, relationship problems, we need to examine how selfish am I being? Am I being giving in this relationship or am I a taker? Right. Because, you know, it's always what's the old saying about truth. There's three sides to truth. Three sides to every story. Right. My side. My side. And the truth. And the truth. Right? The truth. And, the, and um, because we all play a part in this. And so I think that God is trying to 
to get us to understand there are divine principles that he has, um, that it just is because that's who he is, divine yeah. principles, and that divine principle is love. And it's not a mamby-pamby thing where it's all gushy and everything. There are um, actual things that come and and you experience if you're not in harmony with those principles did he of not, love. Did not Jesus illustrate that when he came? those principles of love. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when he's granted all power in heaven on earth and he kneels down and he washes a dozen pair of dirty feet in his last effort to win Judas, even though he knows that Judas is not going to, it, Jesus' character by nature does what it takes to... Um, to bring, bring Judas back into harmony with his design. He's doing whatever it takes. Just by nature, Jesus can't do anything but wash his feet. Even though the guy's gonna, even though the guy's gonna de- betray him, he even though they're gonna hang him on a cross, and he can do nothing but forgive him because that's who he is. And and you you talk. We always like to single out Judas, but if you look, if you read the biblical account, all of them they were running him. and hiding they all left him even peter denied him and so and jesus knew all that was going to happen but he still he still did he still um operated within those design principles to bring people to restoration yeah god does not bring principles into destroy a human being he wants to um recreate us yeah who's and the to destroyer clean us, yeah. right who's the destroyer if you look in the book of Job, you can find real easy who brings the storms. Right. You can find real easy who brings the boils. You can find real easy uh, who works through people trying to convince Job to curse God. Absolutely. You, and it wasn't God. Right. And you look in the boat, who calms the storm? Mm-hmm. Jesus does. Who brings the healing? Well, Jesus and, uh, does. Right. And so a lot of times people will say, well, what about the flood? You know, that God... Um, killed everybody or whatever in the flood. Okay, well that's that's a little bit above my pay grade, but I'll tell you what, what happened to what what was the precursor to that flood? Was the entire world rejected God and God is a gentleman, he doesn't go where he's not welcome. And, and so what does he do? He withdraws. He withdraws his spirit and calamity happens. And chaos and chaos, ensues. total chaos. Absolutely. Did God allow it to happen? You better believe it. But did God throw the lightning bolts? Don't think so. Right. It's just not, it, you'll never find it in... And wh- so, and I think that, you know, we can go back to the story of Adam and Eve and see everything right there in that story and, and Adam and God's um, conversation right in the beginning, because this is human nature. We always want to place the accountability on somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so I think through life we've gone through and we say, well, it's not me, it's God. So we kind of sh- shirk our responsibility yeah. for who we are, mm-hmm. I think. You know, yeah. it's it's easier to point at somebody else or to our circumstances instead of saying, you know, I am responsible. Bad things do happen, but I'm responsible for how I respond to that. Yeah, this is a dangerous planet. A lot of bad things happen. Mm-hmm. At what point in time is, let's just have, let's just say a drunk driver runs somebody down that you love, mm-hmm. okay? And you say, how could God allow this to happen? At what point in time does God go into the mind of the drunk driver and take away his freedom? Right. If he's going to do that, he's going to take away the freedom of that one person. He's going to take away the freedom of another person. And it, where does it end? Mm-hmm. God will not restrict your freedom. You have the freedom to, and it, and it's going to get more and more chaotic as as 
as, as God, time, and we can as God as time goes as on. As we reject God, it's going to get more and more chaotic. And and I know that our listeners can can look around the world today and recognize that it is not the same as when we grew up. If you're, you know further on in your years like Rich and I are, you can look back and you can see that life was simpler and that life wasn't um, out of control. It just seems like everything is kind of going out of control now. Mm -hmm. It's getting worse and worse, and the Bible tells us it's going to be children will not respect their parents. Um, And if you look in Timothy, it talks about all that, that that, uh, temptations will be greater than they've ever been. Mm -hmm. Because the lion... Is going around seeking who who he can destroy, who he can devour. Right. God's not going around seeking who he can devour. He's going around seeking who he can heal. Right. But the devil goes around like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour. Right. Yeah. And so, one, if we can keep that in mind, that that you know, God's God's in this to heal us. He's in this to to get the clutter out between us and Him. Uh, sin destroys because it involves living outside the universal principles upon which God has based life and health. Those principles are both natural and moral. Sin exists outside the divine law of love and liberty. In fact, sin is, what do they say? Lawlessness. Lawlessness. It's a transgression of the law of love. It's a transgression of the law of giving, and it's just what it is. That's right, because God's uh, law of love and liberty is not merely a set of arbitrary rules that were created by him. It's quite the contrary. His law of love and liberty, it, it it's from his character. And the principles that govern our existence and the running of the universe are an outworking of this divine law. Yeah, now earlier we discussed in some detail in an earlier program the law of liberty and how violations always bring destruction. Um, likewise, with the violations of law of love, destruction always follows. That's the problem with sin. It destroys, but it's not, but God's not the cause of the destruction. He heals. That's, that's what he does. Right, and many people can see how um, easily the violations of the law of gravity will injure, but we really have a more difficult time seeing how breaking God's moral law will damage human beings. You know, and I, with being able to get instant news and knowing who did something wrong within five seconds of it happened, could mm-hmm. somebody videoed it, were so easy to point the, f- the finger that quick mm-hmm. and condemn. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine, just imagine, I mean, this is, um, if you, I mean, this is a rough one, but just imagine that you molested a child and no one ever found out. The incident always remained a secret. How well would you sleep? And if you, and if you could sleep after doing such a thing, how damaged must you be? See, this is what we don't see when people do these types of things. We don't, we don't, we 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 judge and condemn, but we don't understand. We don't. It doesn't come to our mind how damaged a person must be inside to think and do these things. Right, and we're not saying that it's right because we all know it's wrong, but what we're saying is, is that a lot of times I think in our humanness we want to have not necessarily revenge, but we want people to pay for the wrongs that they have done. And you know what? There is nothing on this earth you know, that can really restore a person through an act of punishment on another person. No. You know, you... It, it that's not it's that's tit, not restorative tit, tit for tat it's does not restorative not, right. no it doesn't restore you 
it's only through forgiveness. Forgiveness and love that the person is restored. That's so the right. Punitive, the punitive aspect needs to happen to protect society. Absolutely. We need the punitive Absolutely. aspect, but that's not how God's government works. That's right, because you know what? Um, and if you've heard my story before, I was sexually molested as a young child over many years and and um, kept it a big secret and became a drug addict and all different kinds of things. And there's never been like a legal resolution, but I've gotten resolution in my heart. And it was only through that resolution that I was able, in my heart with God, that I was able to to come out of to that addiction, free. to be free and to live a healthy, strong life. Because the weird thing is, is that the abusers, I don't know, you know, what's going on in their mind. All I know is that I was destroying myself. Yeah. And if you're waiting f- for revenge to get freedom, what's that doing? Right. It's it's like drinking poison yourself and expecting the other person to die. Yeah. It doesn't happen. It doesn't work. Right. And so um, that's the thing about sin. It destroys from the inside out. And a lot of times it looks like, well, maybe people are getting... Um, getting away, away with, with yeah, they're not getting away with nobody the, gets away with sin no that's the thing and that, that but when we uh, when we apply a, a legal mechanism to it like like governments work and civil authorities work and we call that a, a now a moral mechanism things change it, it, it just doesn't it doesn't heal right because engaging in moral immoral behavior destroys the image of God within it strengthens the base passions and weakens reason and conscience when sin is persisted over time it will ultimately eradicate the ability to comprehend or respond to truth and when this occurs nothing more can be done once reason and conscience have been totally destroyed, by persistent rebellious living, the human being created with nobility, dignity, and intelligence sinks downward to join the brute beast, creatures of instinct driven only by passion and lust. Now, I, now think about this. Lucifer was a perfect child in a perfect environment with perfect parent and perfect siblings. Everything was perfect. Right. But what happened? He got selfish Within his within own his mind, own mind right. and heart, yes, and he now has lost the very capacity to hear God's voice because that's what sin does. In the in the book of Revelation, you're going to find he that is holy, let him stay holy. He that is unholy, let him remain that way. In other words, stay that way. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is unholy, let him be unholy still. In other words, everybody's made their decision. Everybody's mapping their own course. They're mapping their own course, and. And it's God who allows us to match, map that course. He's not going to turn us into robots. And that's why this thing will culminate. It will end, because sin cannot go on. It's, it is a desperate spiral. And the more infected we are with fear and selfishness, and the farther we get from God, the more and more infected we are going to be. It's just like a cancer. It starts growing, and if it's not arrested, if it's not dealt with, if it's not hit real hard and dealt with with a regimental treatment, um, it'll take over. And this is what God has been trying to tell us. We are sick. We are sick beyond human repair. The human mind can't cast out its own selfishness. Right. We try, we try, we try to fix ourselves, we, and it will not work. Perfect love is the only thing that's going to cast it out. 
and and that 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 causes a humble heart. I mean that that is cause for a humble heart to be able to say, God, go deep with me. Absolutely. And we look at the life of Jesus, and he teaches what it means to have perfect love for one another. Yeah. He says, you know, love God with all your heart and all your soul and your mind, and love love your fellow man. As yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, that's what it's all about, and he wasn't discriminatory. He did not care who you were as long as you were willing to let him into your life, walk in his footsteps. He was okay with it. Remember, mm-hmm. he's told that rich young ruler, I don't have a place to even lay my head. But you want to follow me, follow me. But that's not what it's about. It's not about the house, the boat, and the car. Right. It's, mostly, it's, it's about following me and being being okay with la- allowing me to go deep on you and cast out your fear and selfishness. And when I do that, the byproduct of that will be freedom. Because if the Son of Man sets you free, you will be free indeed. You won't be carrying around that baggage. And it's 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 not going to be freedom um, through maybe in this life, but it's going to be a free heart and a free mind. That's right. That's right. Now, if you want the book, folks, you can give us a call at 916-645-1297. Uh, we're giving away those books. They're really nice. They're really nicely illustrated. And they're talking about these types of concepts that we're talking about now. So we got to go, folks. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do I love them? Can I feel his pain and his Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There truly is hope for people whose lives might be overrun with hard decisions, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan are living testimonials that biblical principles do work, and they've put together a workbook with Dr. Timothy Jennings to move yourself or those you love towards freedom. If you would like to order this new workbook called Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.